Hey y'all, you're listening to the Mommy Essentials Podcast. I'm your host, Annie, a mom of two from South Georgia. Come join me in learning and figuring out parenthood one step at a time. Welcome to the Mommy Essentials Podcast. This is Annie, your host. So today I have a little different uh, podcast I want to record. We're going to do birth stories. I've been telling y'all forever now that I'm going to try and record each of my children's birth story and share with y'all their, you know, all of us have different experiences and a different story And I'm really excited to finally put down as a recording to remember myself and one day to share with my kids just kind of the experience of how they came into the world. Um, So today we're going to go over Benjamin. That is my oldest child. Um, He's going to be three years old in September. (laughs) Sniff, sniff, I can't believe it. Um, So we're going to start with... I will have a day where we're going to do infertility story and the whole journey of trying to conceive a child. Um, so he was a miracle baby and we're so th- in so many ways he was a miracle baby as you'll see. Um, so we'll start with um, we found out we were pregnant which was um, a bit of a shock. Um, and I was already going to a fertility specialist doctor and I, I would say about a month before he was born, I had a bit of a scare at the time I was working full time in a doctor's office, five days a week, eight hours a day. And I was on my feet all day. Well, one, one day I, um, came back from my lunch break and, I just felt like these sharp pains in my abdomen, and um, he had been kicking that day, so he was acting normal, but I just felt like, you know, I've never been through it before, so I wasn't really sure what does labor feel like. You know, you don't really understand how any of that works until you've been there, done that. Um, So it really started to scare me. I just kept working. Then I started having some pains up my back, and I was... I started freaking out at that point. Um, and unfortunately, just went down into tears and broke down. Um, so I called my doctor and they're like, hey, let's get you to come in in about an hour. Um, why don't you come in right after um, our lunch break, something like that. And so I was able to leave work for a little while, went and got checked out. Um, I had no dilation, no anything going on. So like, um, you know, could be just Braxton Hicks, you never know. So that was good. I was fine. Went back to work, kind of took it easy. Then about two weeks before his due date. So his due date was September 19th, 2019. And I started to just kind of have Braxton Hicks off and on. Now I can say that because I know what they were. Um, and then at one week before his due date, starting to have them again, I was so tired. My head is off to those mamas that work full time, being pregnant. It is really, really hard. I was exhausted. And every time I kind of work, dirty bird people (laughs) 
would be like, you're still here? You're still pregnant? You haven't had that baby yet? I'm like, you are not helping. Thank you. Lord love them. I love them. But it just was not what I needed to hear at the time. Um, so I remember that last week of my due date, I was praying, Lord, I cannot, I cannot keep on like this, please, Lord, because I was determined not to take my maternity leave before, um, I go into labor because I want to have the most amount of time possible with my baby and yes, I know there's a lot of difference of opinions on this, but I don't believe that the U.S. supports mothers with maternity leave. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that in the whole world, the United States is the only place that gives such a short leave after you've just literally birthed a human being. I don't care if it was C-section, vaginal delivery, whatever. Your body has been through a lot. And having nine months to feed and care for a child inside of you, thank you very much. But you deserve a little more than six to eight weeks. Okay? Anyway, I'm off my soapbox. So, I would say about five o'clock... On September 17th, I got off work, I got into the car, and I started to have those pains again in my abdomen, and I was just like, whatever, I'm done, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not at all even going there, because you've been saying this, and my body is doing, you know, what it wants, and you hear all the time, nobody goes into labor on their due date. Nobody, you know, ever is near what the doctors usually say. So you don't expect a whole lot. Well, um, five o'clock that day, I get in the car, I'm feeling that. Well, I drove home. I was still feeling off and on. I was like, I'm so tired. I could care less. So I called my mom. I called my sister. I was like, hey, um, just kind of a heads up. I just want y'all to know I might there's a slight chance I could have something going on, but please don't get all, you know, anxious and like, oh no, it could be tonight. I was like, I'm going to bed. It was like 8.30 at night. It was really early, but I was so tired. I was like, I'm done with this. I'm going to sleep. So I told my mom that. She told my sister. Um, they're like, okay, okay, it'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll go to bed. Um, and my husband, he was up late. I should mention this because it's hilarious. Um, he was playing Xbox games and I woke up at 12 a.m. the next day. So now we're looking at, well, let's see if I get my dates right here. Now I'm looking at the 18th of September, 12 a.m. and it was on. I was feeling some strong, real contractions. And my husband had just literally laid down. And mind you, my husband, when he goes to sleep, he's out like a light. I mean, he don't hear alarms. He is out like, it's it's hilarious. Okay, well, thank the Lord. He actually had just went to sleep. So it didn't take much of anything for me like, wake up. And he's like, what is happening? So right before I woke him up, when I really knew was going on. So I was woke up by some cramping feeling. So I went to the bathroom, emptied my bladder, 
And then that's when it really hit. And I've learned a lot now after, you know, urinating, emptying your bladder. A lot of times, if your cramping hasn't improved after that, then you're in labor. Um, So (laughs) I didn't know at the time, but I knew I was like, okay, I haven't had a baby before, but something's happening. Um, They were strong and they were coming fast. They were, I want to say at least... They would last for about a minute and would be about, I think they were two to three minutes apart at that time. And um, I knew enough, you know, call my doctor. So my husband woke up, had him call the doctor, explain the situation. He's like, yeah, you, you need to go ahead and head to the hospital. You sound like you're going into labor. And I was like, oh, great. Now, again, everybody has a different opinion on this, but especially with your first, you're like, oh, we got to tell everybody. So we're, we called, um, my parents and, um, my in-laws at the time lived out of state. So we were trying to call them. Poor things were tired and they didn't even hear their phone and it was a different time zone for them. And, um, we did finally get a hold of my parents and then she was able to let my sister know. And it was, it was a whole experience. I'm telling you. Um, so, and at the time this is pre COVID. So my, um, my dad, my brother-in-law, my sister and my mom got there maybe about an hour. I told everybody to kind of wait let's get up there and get checked in. So they took me to the area. Um, I call it like their little mini ER for women in labor. So we were in there for a short little while. It was very hard to talk. I couldn't, you know, it's crazy when you go to the hospital, you have all this paperwork. They want to ask you for your insurance car. It's a lot when you're in so much pain and you're just, you're kind of done. Um, so, after that whole fun experience, we finally get checked in. Um, then they go, you can walk the halls and labor and we'll recheck you again in an hour. That was the longest hour of my life. Okay. Just saying. I'm so thankful. I have my husband, my mother and my sister were there with me walking the halls. Um, my mom was trying to teach us how to do like pushing in the hips and pressure points to help alleviate pain. Those are amazing. They're very, very helpful. Um, my poor brother-in-law and my dad are just like, yeah, we have no idea what we can do. So they just sat in the waiting room and, you know, just, um, waiting and waiting on this little man. So I was at that for six hours. All right. Finally, we get into a room. Now, I'm not going to say I was out of a room. I was, it was about, after that hour went by, they checked me and I had dilated barely half a centimeter. After all that walking, guys, okay? This is how my body works. It's very frustrating. Well, we get to a room and I labored for an in total six hours without any pain relief and um, they started asking me, you know, did you want an epidural? And I was like, I am exhausted. I cannot even stand up. And I had to stand up when a contraction came. It was just too painful to sit. So, um, I, so I 
finally was able to get the epidural about six hours of being in labor naturally. Um, hat goes off to those mamas that have done a complete natural labor and delivery. Wow, um, that is my future goals. I would like to do water birth if possible, home birth, you know, see how the Lord opens that door. But um, it's hard. It is really hard and it, it takes a lot out of your body. And at that point I was done. So it was time for an epidural. Um, epidural went well. It actually really worked both sides of my body. I couldn't feel what was going on. It was, um, pushing and all was very painless. Um, so extremely thankful for that. Um, they ended up breaking my water about two hours after, um, after having my epidural was something like that because I wasn't really progressing and dilating. So they decided to go ahead and break the water. Um, I feel like things progressed a little bit after that. Um, and am I forgetting anything? Nothing really seriously happened with he and I. I just remember that every time they would try to lay me down or put me on my side, which are natural things, they would constantly try to change my body's positions because that will help you dilate. When you have an epidural, it's hard to continue that progression because you're sitting, you're not um, moving, exercising your pelvis to help it expand, to relax. So they try to put what's called a peanut. It's a huge blown up pillow somewhat that goes between your legs, helps stretch the pelvis out. It's a really great thing. They tried that, but my son was not having it. His um, heart rate would constantly drop down every time. They would come running in there, sit me back up. What was so funny is I was so uncomfortable. I just wanted to sit up in the bed. And that's what he wanted to. So finally they gave up and they were like, we're just going to sit you upright because that's what baby wants. And I'm thinking, he and I are on the same page because that's, that's what makes me comfortable too. So I, I just loved that part. So finally when we got to full dilation, um, they're like, okay, it's time to push. Um, I've learned a lot of things since now. Again, you learn a lot um, after your first um, I wasn't really guided. I didn't know if I was having a contraction, really. I couldn't tell when it was time to push. All those things are really important to take care of downstairs, if you know what I mean. So, I did end up tearing, um, a lot more with him. Could have been way worse, though. Um, I wasn't a third degree, anything like that. Um, and so, it took me about... I feel like 30, 40 minutes to push. And at 3.45 p.m. on September 18th, 2019, Benjamin Otto was born. And this is, I'm going to try not cry. So, um, he was born with what's called pneumothorax, which is little holes in the lungs. And... It's kind of a rare thing. It happens, but not very often, um, to where your I can't really explain how it happens because it's kind of a rare thing. But 
they somehow explained it as when he was screaming and crying, trying to catch his, his air, it caused holes in his lungs. Um, somebody knows way more about that than I do, but that's kind of how they explained it. Um, he wasn't able to catch his breath. His color wasn't changing. He was kind of purple gray. It was not a good color. He um, just kept coughing and sneezing and his nasal passages were filled up. His mouth had just um, meconum and everything. They thought he had swallowed meconum, which is just his poo. When he was born, he pooped. Um, it's always a really scary thing when that happens because they want to make sure the baby didn't swallow it at all um, in their mouth or nose just trying to um, make sure they have a clear airway so they worked on him and worked on him um, he had a really hard time trying to clear his airway finally they said I'm so sorry we got to run him up to the NICU um, and I had made I had told my husband you know the very beginning of everything when, when it comes down to it, I do not want you leaving his side. I want you to stay with him, follow him, no matter what happens. I'll be fine. I just need you to take after him. And so my husband followed them to the NICU. Um, I couldn't go anywhere because I had the epidural still going. They quickly got that off of me and everything. But it takes hours for the feeling in your legs to come back. Um, so I was just stuck there in the room, just waiting, not knowing what was happening. Um, it was a really, really difficult emotional time. Um, I'm really thankful I did have, um, my mom and my sister were still there. Um, they had to stitch me up, clean me up. Um, and the whole time I'm just thinking about... I miss my my poor little man and what is happening, you know. I hadn't heard his cry. I hadn't really heard anything. Um, well, come to find out my phone was on silent that the pediatrician doctor had been trying to call me from the NICU. So, I mean, it just like, it went through my head so fast when I finally, he was able to get a hold of me and he's trying to explain everything that's happened to my baby. I'm like, like, I don't understand, like, what has happened? Why, why is my baby, you know, um, having so many problems so early in life? And it was really hard. It was really, really hard. Um, especially when it was so hard to get him here, um, to conceive him and everything, um, so it was definitely a journey for my husband and I to grow closer, grow closer, grow closer to the Lord and just understand that um, these things happen and they draw us closer and make us stronger. And um, I was just absolutely thankful that he was um, alive, that they were able to find out. They um, did a chest x-ray. Because they just figured he had swallowed his poo. And that wasn't it. They realized that it was the little holes in his lungs is why he was having so much trouble breathing. So he had to go on a uh, CPAP machine 
Um, I had to do the breathing for him. He was able to finally calm down, relax, realize, you know, he could breathe. Um, and I'm so thankful my husband was able to be there for the whole thing. Um, so he was able to have, you know, a voice, something he recognized. Um, and then I finally was able to get into a room. It was pretty, pretty late. It was about 10 something at night. Once everything had kind of settled down and my husband came back to me, um, we got settled in a room and I finally had feeling in my legs. Um, and it was about 10 something at night. And I said, look, I want to go see my baby. That's, I don't care about anything else. Um, so my husband forced me to eat a little something and then we, um, he had to wheel me up there in the wheelchair, um, and we just basically sat with him, um, he was there for almost a whole week and I'm so thankful it could have been way longer, um, as they put it, he was the healthiest baby on that floor, um, they were many babies that were having a much harder time than Ben was, and, um, my heart really hurts, and it's just overwhelmed for parents that constantly deal with this every day, um, and have it so much worse. It's so hard to see your baby hurting and be sick, um, but, uh, he was, on so many wires and things, and then he eventually got jaundice about two, three days after he was born, so he had to go on a little UV light, he, um, I could not hold him, because he had all those wires, um, neither one of us could, so with nursing, I had to pump, and I've learned so much, again, um, that I, I was making way too much milk, so it was an extremely hard journey, he and I both trying to breastfeed, and I'll have to go further into my breastfeeding journey, um, on another podcast, but, um, eventually he was about five days old, and there was a nurse that was like, look, I want y'all to be able to hold him, I think this is really important for him healing, um, and it's important for you guys, so, she was able to help us figure out how to hold him with all those little wires on him and to keep him safe. Um, and it was just an amazing moment. Um, just holding our hand, uh, little things like that would calm him so quickly. And he just, he hated all those wires. He, he didn't want, he had to have a little mask on his eyes to protect them from the UV light. Um, he was just so frustrated. He could not stand all that hooked up to him, which I don't blame him at all. I would have, I would feel the same way. Um, so we had discovered a little stuffed giraffe. It's like those little passy holder toys. Um, we gave him the little giraffe and he held that and all his nurses knew that, you give him that little giraffe, and he'll stop pulling at his wires. It'll give him something to hold, and um, it always worked. Um, it was just so precious. Um, so I did some pumping. The little bit of colostrum that I could get, which is that yellow gold, um, they would swab that around his gums and uh, give him a little bit of, you know, calories, nutrition. They had to give him some formula because I wasn't able to give him enough at the beginning, 
and he um had some some hard times with that as well. He was throwing it up, getting sick. It was a lot of figuring back and forth. Um really, really kind people looking after him. I had one instance where I had to be a mama bear and I was like, No, I do not want her taking care of my baby anymore. But I really can't complain. The nurse that discharged him was the one who received him when he got there the very first day. And she was the last one there with him. She taught us how to bathe him for the first time. I mean, he was so little. He was about 6 pounds, 12, 15 ounces. Um, so he was a good size. But he just was so little to us. And bathing a baby, it's like, oh, I don't want to drown him, you know. So... It was quite an experience, and it was so precious of her to uh, teach us how to do it, to be comfortable with it. She showed us how to put him in a car seat. Um, it was just, it's uh, definitely a moment that I will never, ever forget um, and try to take just to remember that the Lord is good. He is faithful, and um, we prayed over this little man in days of being in the NICU with him. Um, just drew us closer together, and it really started out this journey of parenthood as a rocky start, but I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I'm so thankful he fully regained his health. He, um, well, have any further issues down the line? The holes healed up. It was it was a journey that week of you know going back and forth with oxygen and things, but he was able to get better. He received a little uh, NICU blankie and hat, which was so sweet. Um, apparently, a church locally will like make those and drop them off in the NICU. And, um, nobody knew this, but I actually decorated his room in dinosaurs, and the lady goes, this is the only blanket we have, I, I don't know if you'd like it or not, it's red and had dinosaurs all over it, guys. And I just, I was like, y'all, this is literally what I have in his baby room, and they're like, no, it was so sweet, it was so precious, it was just so many things, I was like, okay, Lord, I can see your work in this. I can see your hands in this. And it was so awesome. My mom was um, there almost every day just being there for support. And we surprised her walking out with him in the car seat because we weren't sure if he'd be discharged. And he passed his hearing tests, everything. So healthy baby, just extremely overwhelming, thankful for that as well. And um, she was shocked to see him. We have a little video we took of loading him in the car and just like, we have a baby. Oh my goodness. Um, so that is my story of my firstborn, Benjamin being born. Um, it was quite a rocky start and he shook up our life and made it so much better. <laughs> and, um... I just, you know, it's hard to believe that now he's almost three, perfectly healthy. I'm just so thankful um, for his health. And my heart goes out to those that still have NICU babies and just going to the hospital. And with how much things have changed now, I'm so thankful that we didn't have that 
occurring at the same time. So my prayers are always on y'all, always thinking about those parents that are, and these babies that are going through this. Um, I just, I, I can't even fathom going through that with all the changes we've had. Um, but thank y'all so much for listening, and I uh, hope you got some enjoyment, uh, laughter, and tears from this podcast. And um, just know that your journey is special and unique to you. If there's anyone that would love to come on and just uh, do a recording or talk with me, interview of a birth story, I would love to hear it. Give me an email at the mommy essentials podcast at yahoo.com or you can message me on instagram unworthy of his grace all lowercase and let me know what you thought about today's podcast thank y'all so much for joining me i hope you have a wonderful week bye guys